Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down who is the next league-winning quarterback in 2022 fantasy football, as I did last week with the wide receivers, the week before with the running backs, if you want to check those videos out, I'm going to break down who is this year's Josh Allen, who is this year's Justin Herbert, the guy that you draft that propels you to the playoffs, propels you to a fantasy championship at the quarterback position. This position is often overlooked. A lot of people will just say, screw it, they're all the same. I'm just going to you know, punt the position and draft one late. But just like any other position, like I said, there is multiple guys that can win you a championship, multiple guys that can propel you to a fantasy title. And we're going to break down the top 24 quarterbacks in underdog ADP in today's video to determine who has the ceiling, who doesn't have the ceiling, who's too risky, who's safe. All that stuff will be covered in this video. This will be an entire breakdown of the quarterback position and my strategy for it in fantasy football this year. So with training camp opening, make sure you guys are following us over on TikTok. Going to be posting a lot of news, a lot of fantasy reactions over there to all the like Roto World snippets and all that stuff that come out. I posted a fantasy news of the day reaction yesterday and you won't find that anywhere but our TikTok. So make sure you're following us over there. Link is in the description for that, tiktok.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. And also make sure to check out Underdog Fantasy to take some of this advice into action. It's the best place to sharpen your strategy for your home league drafts with your, you know, uh, college buddies or your work buddies and compete for your share of $10 million in total prizes in Best Ball Mania 3. They also have the puppy drafts going live right now. $2 million to first in Best Ball Mania 3. Uh, big contest coming uh, August 1st, I believe, is when they are launching the Puppy 3, which will be the highest prize pool that a puppy has ever had. Only a $5 entry there. And promo code FSE gets you 100% back at sign up and first deposit. Also, both of our rankings for free dynasty and redraft for the season. So without further ado, let's hit the intro. So some people define league winner as a late round sleeper that hits my definition of a league winner at the quarterback position specifically is just any quarterback that you draft that turned into a set it and forget it every week starter for you that averaged 20 plus fantasy points per game. As you guys can see on the screen, the league winning quarterback win rates are very good. If you can hit on a high uh, upside quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019, Josh Allen in 2020, Russell Wilson 2017, etc., you can get a high win rate out of these players even though most people the conventional wisdom is that you can just punt the quarterback position, stream it on the waiver wire and you'll be fine. While that's true and the replaceability of mid to late round quarterbacks are relatively the same, there is definitely a ceiling factor that we want to take into account with this position. And the fundamental concept of of this video is to take a holistic view of past quarterback league winners. There's 50 of them since 2013 and measure their peripherals against the current top 24 that we're looking at to determine who's got that kind of ceiling this year in drafts. So my early round strategy at the quarterback position is different than many people's. I think a lot of people just assume, you know, late round quarterback is the play. I'll just take a, a cheap guy late 
and I'll just uh, roll with the rest of my roster as very, very strong because I punted the quarterback position. But in my opinion, the late round quarterback strategy is dying. It's not quite dead yet, but but I think most of your league mates know about the late round quarterback strategy. It could give you a huge advantage in fantasy football drafts to fade what they're doing and do something else. And the reason I say this is because many years ago, for those of you guys that don't know what late round quarterback is, JJ Zachariasen, who is the late round quarterback on Twitter, he coined the strategy to properly value quarterbacks because back in you know, 10, 15 years ago, people were taking good quarterbacks in the first round. And the most known factor for why he coined the strategy is the fact that it is very replaceable. Once you get to like, QB eight, QB nine, QB 10 or whatever. The difference between those guys and like QB 25 is not a huge difference, but the reason it's QB eight, QB nine, QB 10 and not QB one to QB 25 is because there is high ceiling quarterbacks still out there on the market. And in my opinion, we've gotten very, very sharp at predicting which quarterbacks those will be based on ADP. And every year we see guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott, as you guys can see on the screen, post very, very high ceiling weekly games of 30 plus fantasy points, 27 of the 31, 30 plus fantasy point games came from early round quarterbacks like this uh, last year. So for me, the shift has happened where the late round quarterback still applies, right? That mantra still applies when we're talking about the replacement level quarterbacks to a tongue of Iloas and guys like that. However, if you miss out on the quarterbacks with elite ceilings, you apply the late round quarterback strategy. But if you can get the, the early round quarterbacks with high ceilings at a good value, then I think you should definitely take that value when it falls to you. So I think the key distinction here is knowing that there absolutely is a difference between having an elite quarterback and a replacement level quarterback. So that's mainly what this video will highlight, which quarterbacks have the chance to be elite and which quarterbacks are probably just going to be replacement level fantasy quarterbacks this year. So as, as we did in the wide receiver video, as we're doing in the running back video as well, we're going to take the averages of the past league winners from 2013 to 2021 who finished with, with at least 20 plus points per game and played 12 games or more. And again, at the quarterback position, there's a bit more of these guys because 20 plus points per game is easier to do at quarterback than it is at running back and wide receiver. So we have 50 quarterbacks since the year 2013. We had 11 this past year that posted 20 plus points per game. The first table indicates how much volume it took for each of these guys on a per game basis to achieve their league winning status. That 20 plus points per game number that we're looking for. The names on this list were the every week starters that we covet. The guys that when we draft them, we don't want to think about the quarterback position. We just want to put these guys in our lineup. Yeah, they're going to have some bust weeks here and there, but for the most part, they're going to be steady Eddie guys for us. And like I said, we had a record 11 quarterbacks achieve 20 plus points per game this past year. And that's absurd considering how many great options there were. Anything in green, as you guys can see on the screen, indicates that they were above average among these other elite quarterbacks. Anything in yellow indicates that they are about average and then anything in red below average. But these were the averages, as you guys can see them here. 35 pass attempts per game, 2.17 passing touchdowns, four and a half rush attempts, 0.22 rushing touchdowns. On a full season, 17 game pace, that's about 600 pass attempts on the year, 37 passing touchdowns, 76 rush attempts, and about four rushing touchdowns. But volume isn't everything, as we talked about with the wide receivers, with the running backs, and not all volume is equal as well, especially at this position. Guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Lamar Jackson, they're going to get there in a different way than a guy like Tom Brady or a guy like Matthew Stafford, who are pure pocket passers. So I also wanted to factor in how much it mattered to have a great offense versus you know rushing quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. So we looked at situational factors as well. And this position, more than any other, I think, is really dependent on those around you, meaning your wide receivers, your quarter or your uh, tight ends, your running back talent, how good your play calling is, your offensive line. All that stuff has an influence on how good a quarterback can be 
in fantasy and how good their offense is going to be in general. So of course we have factors like quarterback uh, rating, which is how good of a quarterback they were that year, which is specifically their play. But I also wanted to test the type of volume that they were getting too, because I think it really is important to make the distinction between good uh, volume and bad volume, bad volume at the quarterback position is throwing, um, you know, from behind all the time because you're losing games like Trevor Lawrence versus good volume, which is being efficient on your targets, throwing a lot of uh, pass attempts downfield, which is where I get the deep ball attempts factor and also throwing in the red zone as well. And that stuff ended up being predictive. The best fantasy quarterbacks are usually the driving force of their offense. And they usually are heavily involved in the red zone. They don't just hand off to their running backs all game every game in the red zone, and they usually push the ball downfield. And the one thing to note on the red zone attempts is that this is pass attempts and carries. This is not just, you know, red zone pass attempts. So I wanted to account for rushing quarterbacks who might run in the red zone versus passing quarterbacks who only throw in the red zone. So I didn't want to discriminate against those rushing quarterbacks. And then finally, I wanted to know where they were drafted on average. Uh, the summer before, when we drafted them in fantasy, were they uh, quarterback eight in ADP? Were they quarterback two in ADP? Were they, uh, you know, the 30th ranked quarterback in ADP to see if drafting late round quarterbacks was effective? And as you guys can see on this list, only five out of the 50 quarterbacks that came up as the league winning quarterbacks were drafted outside the top 15 quarterbacks in ADP. Like I said, we're getting very good at determining which quarterbacks are going to be good in fantasy and uh, top 15 quarterbacks in ADP is a relative uh, measuring stick that you want to use for these guys. So these were the averages, as you guys can see them on average, you needed to have about a top six and a half, top seven offense, offensive line needed to be about uh, top third of the league, top 12 in the league, deep ball attempts per game was 4.55 on average, which this number would have ranked eighth last year, ninth, uh, two years ago and 11th in 2019. So on average, you needed to be about top 10 in the NFL in deep ball attempts per game, ranking quarterback rating, you needed to be about a top seven passer in the league that year. Red zone attempts, you needed to be uh, about top 10 in the league in red zone attempts being rushing and throwing. And then ADP, about a top eight quarterback in ADP, top six offense in DVOA. Now, obviously, the quarterback position has a lot of influence on how good their offense is, how good their passing offense is in DVOA. But this is why I decided to look at this, because I think you want to weed out the quarterbacks that aren't very good and focus on the guys that are good and elevate their offenses, because otherwise we'd be discriminating against quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who elevate the play of everybody around them. And like I said, these were the averages. No quarterback is going to be perfect. It's all about checking as many boxes as you can and also exceeding some boxes to make up for your lack in other areas. So let's get into this group of quarterbacks. These are the guys that we're looking at this year. I'm only looking at the top 24 quarterbacks in ADP because very few other guys matter outside of that. Maybe you want to throw in you know, Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, if they're able to get on the field because they can run, but that's probably the extent of the guys that we're looking at. So typically these league winning ceilings come from one of three paths at the quarterback position. Number one, you could be a premier passer like Tom Brady, like Matthew Stafford, like Justin Herbert, like Patrick Mahomes. Number two, you could be a premier Konami code rusher like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance. Or you could be a combination of the two, which in my opinion presents the highest ceiling where you have both a high passing ceiling and a high rushing ceiling. And I think only two quarterbacks fit that description. Josh Allen, who's obviously the quarterback one, and Kyler Murray, because we've seen these guys over a, uh, the course of a couple different times post those high numbers in both of those categories. So we're going to go eight at a time. 
quarterbacks one to eight, the nine to 16, and then 17 to 24 to determine who might have 20 plus point per game upside or that every week starter appeal that we're looking for. So these are the first quarterbacks in ADP, according to underdog fantasy quarterback one to eight in ADP. Some of these are super easy. Obviously, Josh Allen has the ceiling. Obviously, Justin Herbert has the ceiling. Both are for sure yeses. They play in extremely pass heavy offenses. They have good offensive lines. They run the show both from a deep perspective and in the red zone. So we can move on to the next guys. Patrick Mahomes is also pretty ironclad, right? He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best. My issue with Patrick Mahomes, though, is how does Tyreek Hill leaving affect his ceiling? Because he could easily get over 20 plus points per game, but can he reach the 23 to 25 point per game threshold that we saw Josh Allen reach last year without Tyreek Hill on the field? And I tend to bypass him because I don't think he can. I think Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts have higher ceilings for fantasy, not in real life, obviously, because they present something with their legs. And I don't want to pay up for the name value of Patrick Mahomes at the QB two or QB three prices that you're going to have to pay for him, especially in your home leagues. He's a huge name. Everybody knows Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. So he's going to go very, very highly for that reason. I think some people might be disappointed if they're expecting a huge ceiling out of Patrick Mahomes. I think he's gonna be really safe. I think he's gonna be really good, but not necessarily a huge ceiling guaranteed top 10 quarterback, but probably not top five. Lamar Jackson, not going to provide a ton of pass attempts to the table. We know that the Ravens offense are probably going to shift more towards the run heavy nature that we've seen from them in the past couple of years, but I might have to invent a new color for how badly Lamar Jackson crushes four carries per game because he's got three straight seasons of over 10 and a half per game. So this isn't just a guy that runs. This isn't just a Konami code quarterback. This is essentially a committee running back playing quarterback with how much volume he actually gets last year. If you remove the game that he left early, in he had 12 carries per game. And this is also a guy that has previously led the NFL in passing touchdowns in 2019, has guys around him to help with Andrews and Bateman uh, to throw to. The running back situation is looking a little rocky right now with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards recovering from ACL tears. I expect a big-time bounce back for Lamar Jackson. And again, not uh, bounce back is a little bit dramatic because he was the quarterback five in weeks one to 13 before leaving early against Cleveland. So this is a dude that I think people are going to bypass because he's getting injured the past couple of years. Not a guy that's been able to stay on the field, but he has the highest ceiling probably of any quarterback in fantasy because of his ability to put up, you know, a thousand rushing yards, three uh, 3,500 passing yards and like 45 total touchdowns on the season. So easy buy at ADP for me. Same goes for Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. Both guys have improved weapons cores with Hollywood added to the Cardinals. AJ Brown added to the Philadelphia Eagles. Both guys clear four carries per game easily. Six to eight carries per game for Kyler Murray the last two seasons. Hurts was over nine carries per game last year. Kyler Murray, like I said uh, before, has a higher passing ceiling than most of the Konami code quarterbacks because he was on pace for over 5,000 passing yards and 35 touchdowns before he suffered that injury last year. So, plus the rushing production that he's going to give you, 8 to 10 rushing touchdowns, 600, 700 rushing yards. So Kyler Murray has a very, very high ceiling, 25-plus point per game in his range of outcomes. If Kyler Murray hits, and he definitely could because he has the best weapons of his career, in my opinion, he has the only comparable ceiling to Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. We have a guy that has posted elite numbers anytime he's been healthy and running on the field. We just need him to stay healthy for 16, 17 games, which he hasn't been able to do the last two years. So Jalen Hurts, another guy that I think is a great, great buy at ADP this year. He could add a lot more as a passer. He has a lot of meat left on the bone. The Eagles tried to go pass heavy last year. 
for the first seven games of the year, but they couldn't because they didn't have the weapons to do so. Now they have AJ Brown. Now they have a second year Devonte Smith. Now they have Dallas Goddard to throw to. And in the six games that Jalen hurts through 30 plus pass attempts last year, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game, over 25 fantasy points per game. In fact, and all indications point to the fact because they added AJ Brown and all this other stuff towards the Eagles veering towards more of the pass heavy approach. We know that they're going to be an up-tempo offense as well that we saw from weeks one to seven. And if you look at which games from weeks one to seven came where Jalen Hurts was throwing 30 plus pass attempts in those games, five of six of them came in the first seven games. And in those games, he averaged 28.81 points per game in fantasy. That is quarterback one overall upside. And it's not even close. Like those are numbers that Lamar Jackson posted in 2019. That's just how high the ceiling can be for Jalen Hurts. If he takes a step as a passer, if they give him the keys to the kingdom, let him throw the ball to A.J. Brown, let him throw the ball to Devontae Smith, let him throw the ball to Dallas Goddard, and then, of course, obviously run the ball as much as he was last year as well. Joey Burrow obviously has an elite passing ceiling. He showed us to close out the season that he has the ceiling to be able to be an elite fantasy quarterback. I brought up the fact that I think Zach Taylor gives him the keys to the offense, similar to what we've seen from Josh Allen in the Bills in the last couple of years. Because the Bills in 2018, 2019 were a slow-paced offense, not an offense that was throwing the ball a ton. They add Stephon Diggs. They give uh, Josh Allen the keys to the kingdom. And then suddenly they're one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league. And as you guys can see on the screen, from weeks 13 to the Super Bowl, the Bengals' neutral pass rate was sixth in the NFL at 61%. Again, my prediction is that Burrow takes charge of this offense, similar to what Josh Allen did in 2020. And you guys can see in 2019, the bills were 19th in pass percentage. And in the last two years, they've both been in the top three, as well as one of the most fast paced offenses in the league. I think that's the ceiling for Joe Burrow. When you just look at it at face value, you have Jamar Chase, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, plus improvements on the offensive line. I think people might start to overthink Joe Burrow. Do not let it be you. Russell Wilson, of course, we talked about him in the bus video, so I won't harp on him too much. But my issue with Russell Wilson and why I think he has the lowest ceiling and the most risk of any of these top eight quarterbacks is because I don't know how much the Broncos are going to throw the ball. Do the Broncos throw the ball downfield and do they pass in the red zone? Because they have a great running back tandem, right? Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon could be occupying that Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon combo that Nathaniel Hackett would have had in Green Bay. And speaking of Green Bay, uh, people might bring up the fact that it's like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to build the offense around Russell Wilson. Therefore, they're going to let Russ cook. But at the same time, he had the back-to-back -back MVP the last two years with Aaron Rodgers, and they weren't passing the ball a ton. They weren't throwing in the red zone a ton. They were relying on their running backs. The reason Aaron Rodgers was able to be MVP is because he's a super good quarterback, and he's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson, and was super, super efficient on the limited passing volume that he saw. So Russell Wilson, could he be efficient on limited passing volume? Definitely. He's been that way in Seattle the past couple of years, but I don't think he has the same level of ceiling, same level of consistency as these high pass volume offenses like the Bengals, like the Buccaneers, like the Bills, all these other teams, like the Chargers, like the Chiefs, these teams that I think are going to just pass way more than the Denver Broncos are going to pass. So um, let's get into the next group of quarterbacks, quarterbacks nine to 16, which is Trey Lance, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields. So there's so much unknown with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the first guy here on ADP. How much is he going to throw? Probably not that much. Will the offense be any good? Is Lance going to be a good passer? We just don't have any idea what we're getting out of Trey Lance. What we do know, though, is that he runs a lot, which is going to help him for fantasy. And Kyle Shanahan made a bunch of jabronis like Jimmy Garoppolo and you know, Nick Mullins and, and guys look like good quarterbacks in this system. And Lance has all the talent in the world 
to be able to take a huge step in a great system with great weapons like Debo and IU can kittle around him. And he is absolutely worth the risk that you're going to have to pay for him at, you know, QB nine to 12, depending on where he goes in your home leagues. So Trey Lance, definitely the riskiest quarterback, I would say of the top 12 guys, but I do think his ceiling is definitely warranted. He's kind of like discount Jalen hurts because we haven't seen it yet, but he has the same ceiling realistically that Jalen hurts has. So Tom Brady is Tom Brady. We know what we're getting. It's a high-paced, up-tempo offense, probably a lock to lead the NFL in pass attempts, and probably yards and touchdowns as well. The only question I have with Tom Brady, and I have this question as a Bucs fan as well, is does this offense suffer at all if Chris Godwin is not on the field right away? Because I know Chris Godwin is a big part of this offense, and it just seems like this offense runs a lot better when Chris Godwin is out there. We also don't have Antonio Brown anymore. We also don't have Rob Gronkowski anymore. So if Chris Godwin misses the first couple games, can Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Russell Gage, and Cameron Brate suffice to carry until uh, Chris Godwin is back on the field? Obviously, if Chris Godwin is back for week one, I have no concerns. I will probably raise Tom Brady to a top five guy. But for now, I have Jalen Hurts, I have Justin Herbert, and I have Joe Burrow ranked ahead of him for the reason of those risks. And then Dak Prescott, the next guy that we have here, is a great value this year. I think he is a good way to get cheap exposure to an elite quarterback ceiling because I think a lot of people are holding Dak accountable for the fact that the defense was just so good last year and Dak Prescott had games where he didn't have to do a ton. The Cowboys offense was still top five in neutral pass rate in 2021. The defense led the league in turnovers with 34. There was a lot of short fields, a lot of reason that Dak Prescott didn't have to do a ton. And if some of that stuff regresses, because typically defensive turnovers are not a sticky stat year over year, if they cut those turnovers in half, which is very possible, then Dak Prescott's going to have to do a whole lot more. He's not going to have these games where they can just run the ball, win with field position and defense. Dak also posted his lowest per game totals as a runner in 2021. And the reason for that being that he was coming off of a gruesome ankle injury in 2020 career lows across the board, three carries, nine rushing yards and 0.06 touchdowns per game. He could definitely return to his normal, like four and a half carries, you know, 20 rushing yards and 0.2 touchdowns per game, which will obviously elevate his ceiling as a runner as well. So I think Dak Prescott, if you guys are looking for a cheap way to get access to an elite quarterback ceiling in the like eighth, ninth round of your fantasy drafts, Dak Prescott is definitely one of my favorite targets. If I miss out on those other guys, Matthew Stafford, much like Tom Brady is a pretty easy projection. He has an elite offense to work with, with Cooper cup, with Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby to throw to obviously a returning cam Akers in the backfield. My only question really is do they lean a little bit more on the run in general and also in the red zone with Cam Akers coming back, Daryl Henderson there as well. Doesn't really matter to me because they're going to be in the red zone so much that uh, even if they throw less in the red zone, they just have so many red zone opportunities that Matthew Stafford still has a chance to, you know, throw 40 touchdowns this year, 15 to Cooper cup or whatever. Um, like many people are expecting. This offense could be absolutely special. This could be the best offense that we've seen in the last five years because everything could be working in tandem with McVay running the show. So before we get into the next guys, I want to kind of outline the fact that this is probably the drop-off. I think Matthew Stafford is the last quarterback that ends the elite ceiling tier of quarterbacks, the guys that have potentially 23 to 25 point per game types of ceilings in the range of outcomes. Derek Carr is the next guy in ADP here. uh, here. And while Derek Carr, I think, has the best weapons of his career, he's one of my favorite late-round quarterbacks in an offense that has a chance to be really, really good this year in a division that's going to throw a lot as well. He's one of the perfect guys to pair with a guy like Justin Fields. If you love Justin Fields this year, make sure you get a guy like Derek Carr to help cover your own ass because Derek Carr has a high ceiling himself, probably not top five, but a guy that could be a top eight quarterback this year, a top 10 quarterback this year because of the offense that he has around him. But if you want to get an upside swing at a top five guy like Justin Fields or somebody like that, make sure you pair him with a guy like Derek Carr. 
Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he's just such a good quarterback that it's really hard to fade Aaron Rodgers, and he'll probably be fine. But I'm probably not going to pay for the name value of Aaron Rodgers, especially in your home leagues. He's going to go higher than people uh, who are drafting on like underdog and stuff. And I think his ceiling is barely cracking 20 points per game, just like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's probably a locked and loaded top 12 quarterback in fantasy points per game, but I'm not expecting a guy that I think is going to be a top three quarterback, a top five quarterback without Devontae Adams on that team. I think they're going to lean more on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon causing Aaron Rodgers going to need to be efficient. And if he doesn't have Devontae Adams out there, it's a lot to expect out of Christian Watson and Alan Lazard and stuff, unless they trade for like Metcalf or, you know, Deontay Johnson or something before the season, I'm probably not going to be in on Aaron Rodgers at his current price. Kirk cousins is essentially just copy and paste the same argument for Derek Carr. Uh, He might have more pass attempts this year as well because the new offense coming in last year's quarterback 12 in points per game. I think he's a good guy to pair with an upside swing. And I think both Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are great trade targets for those of you guys in dynasty super flex leagues who are contenders that need another quarterback. Justin Fields, the final guy of this quarterback nine to 16 range, he can run, but that's pretty much it. I think a lot of people are getting carried away with Justin Fields as like a great late round quarterback play because he can run. But at the same time, there's absolutely nothing that I like about this offense. This offense will stink unless Justin Fields can take some seismic unforeseen step as a player. He has no real passing ceiling. The weapons stink, just absolute stinkeroo. I'm letting my league mates chase the upside of Justin Fields because he's a rushing quarterback. And yeah, he could carry his outlook and potentially be a back-end QB1 because he can run, but I don't think he has a 20-plus point-per-game ceiling because everything around him just absolutely stinks to high heaven. So I'm going to breeze through these last quarterbacks really fast, and the reason why is because they're all just meh, right? None of these guys really have high ceilings. Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, they could all be fine. They could all be streamable quarterback twos, but I doubt that you're going to get an every week starter out of any of these guys. I think the most likely is Trevor Lawrence because uh, of the unknown factor. He was a rookie quarterback in a bad situation last year, but I'm personally not that excited for him. The last two guys of this uh, quarterback 23 and 24 range are the two guys that I'm going to swing on. If I take a late round quarterback, Zach Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And they're the only guys that I think are worth a swing in this area of the draft. Zach Wilson has the same case as the other second year guys like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, except number one, he's the cheapest. So you get him at the lowest cost and outside of Trey Lance, I think he has the best situation improved offensive line with Makai Becton coming back. Lakin Tomlinson signed in the off season, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Brees Hall, CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, pretty solid group of weapons, Braxton Berrios as well. Zach Wilson could take a step forward in year two. You guys know that I love Zach Wilson. I'm not going to, you know, break any ground here by talking about him, but he's a guy that I think is worth an upside swing. If you miss out on the top 10 or top 12 quarterbacks and you got Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins as your main quarterback, and you're like, "Uh, I don't know if these guys are going to provide me with a huge ceiling. I think it's okay to take Zach Wilson in the final round of your draft, stash him and see what happens. Pending uh, Deshaun Watson's suspension as well. He's obviously going to be great if he plays. We know Deshaun Watson is a superstar talent who's never had this good of an offensive line or run game in his career. Also, reports suggest that Deshaun Watson might only be facing a two to eight game suspension. So that might make Deshaun Watson a stash for some people in the final rounds. Again, if you miss out on those elite quarterbacks, I don't hate you know, stashing a four game suspension, Deshaun Watson on your bench to see what happens when he gets back on the field. So what we're going to do now, as we did in the running back and the wide receiver videos is we're going to score these quarterbacks based on all the factors that I outlined. Anything that they ranked in green in is worth five points. Anything that they ranked in yellow in worth three points. Any question marks, orange was negative one point. And anything that they were just downright bad in was worth minus three points. So as you guys can see, this should illustrate my point perfectly. Why I'm 
uh, chasing the same early round strategy as I was last year, which is if I don't get an elite quarterback, I'm going to pair it with a safe guy and a late round upside swing is exactly what you see here. The league winning quarterbacks are all being drafted highly. You're not getting any discounts on Trey Lance because he's an unknown. People know his ceiling is high. So he's being drafted accordingly. A couple of years ago, before we knew all this stuff that we know, maybe Trey Lance is quarterback 20 in ADP, and you can get him as a late round quarterback with a high ceiling. But we as a market are too sharp nowadays. We know that Trey Lance has a high ceiling. Therefore, he's going to fall amongst the guys that have high ceilings. But the key here is that you can get elite ceilings for cheap prices relative to other position groups. So when you're on the board at, you know, pick 55 in your draft and Lamar Jackson's still on the board and you're looking around the, uh, around the board and the best available running backs are Antonio Gibson and uh, JK Dobbins, and Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell. And you want to go with Lamar Jackson, go with Lamar Jackson. That makes a ton of sense because while QB four isn't a value for Lamar Jackson, if he's QB four coming off the board at pick 55, that's a value for Lamar Jackson. And same goes for, you know, QB5, Kyler Murray, QB6, Jalen Hurts, QB7, uh, Joe Burrow. Amongst quarterbacks, they're not values. But amongst the other position groups, you can get them to fall down the board because most people subscribe to the idea of late-round quarterback. And you can get these elite quarterbacks that have high, high ceilings, league-winning potential as your fifth player or your sixth player on your team after already stacking up an elite league-winning running back and three great wide receivers and maybe an elite tight end already. When you're drafting them around Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell, low upside receivers like Brandon Cooks and Amari Cooper and Juju and stuff like that, I'm totally fine taking the swing, taking the plunge on elite quarterbacks. I pose this question as the reason why. Who's going to help to win your championship more? An RB2 type like Antonio Gibson or a wide receiver 2-3 type like Amari Cooper or Brandon Cooks? or that potentially elite league winning quarterback like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow. I know the quarterback position can be filled anywhere, but the ceilings that these guys have cannot be filled anywhere. So to close this video out, the answer to the title of the video, who is the next league winning quarterback is basically whichever quarterback in the top 12, you can get the cheapest. For me, I personally love quarterbacks four to seven, Lamar, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. But if I miss out on those guys, I really like Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford as well. I think they're all great options. They all have high ceilings. And then again, if you miss out on all of those guys, take a safe guy like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, grab a Zach Wilson or Deshaun Watson late in your draft to get some upside. So hopefully that answered your guys' concerns about the quarterback position and how to handle it in this year's fantasy drafts. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. If you did enjoy this video, please leave a like. It really helps us out. I know it takes two seconds and it really helps us grow in the algorithm. Comment any of your thoughts down below. We will answer your comment. Any question that you have doesn't have to be related to the video. We will answer it. So leave it down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. And if you guys notice, I'm actually wearing some merch that we have now. FSE merch available now, fantasystockexchange.co. Some of you guys have asked about merchandise. I know, um, you know, Reese had uh, his wife get him some for Christmas. So it's super high quality stuff over on uh, Teespring that they pay over there. I paid up for the premium stuff. So it's worth if you guys want to rock some FSE gear. Like I said, fantasystockexchange.co is where you can find that stuff. Multiple designs coming out very soon. Check out the Patreon as well. All the data from this video will be posted over there. Ton of other stuff like rankings and other databases and Danny's contextualized game logs, et cetera, coming throughout the rest of the summer. So you want to stay tuned for that. Also first dibs on dynasty decisions as well. So like I said, like, comment, subscribe if you guys enjoyed. Peace out and I'll talk to you soon.